welcome to the very last episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is The Village. This is The Mrs. I'm not going to miss that, I must admit. <laughs> Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So we are about to watch the final episode of The Prisoner, but we thought it would be a good idea. We. We. If we... We. The United We. Uh, if we just had a little discussion beforehand, because obviously the final episode is only going to be so much, you know. There are our previous 16 episodes and six of the revival. Are we doing a reflection? Yes, to reflect upon. Right. So... All those many months ago, more months than we perhaps suspected it was going to be to begin with, um, we sat down to start to watch it. What do you, what have, what have you been your, what have you taken away from it? What's, what's your major takeaway from The Prisoner? I could have done without the modern one. Mm-hmm. You quite liked the modern one to begin with, when he was the hot prisoner, remember? I know, but in terms of, I enjoyed the, when we got back to the old-fashioned ones. Okay. So why did you enjoy the old-fashioned ones? I think the charm of it, the style of it, the... It, it seemed like... Even in this day and age, an, uh, an alternative and... Uh, a TV show that's very different from other TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that because they're all a bit samey-samey. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what was different about it? I think you weren't explained everything all the time. I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it made you think. It made you come up with your own theories. Yeah, it wasn't spoon-feeding you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all fast-packed action either. It well, was... there would always be a fight. Even even last week, there was a, they managed to get a fight in. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't notice that, but yeah, I think it's just the pace of it, the um, the feel of kind of familiar and nice of the show, mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously there's the oddities of the place and the people and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which made it different. What, what, what do you think it's about, both on the surface? And is there any subtext to it? And can I answer that the other way around? Yeah. So I think the subtext is um, a reflection of our society, mm-hmm. um, of the constantly worrying out, worrying about who's out to get you or what's the meaning of all of this and governments and them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a reflection of history or a nod to moments in history of cold wars and things like that mm-hmm. um, very much the present at the time that it was made yes uh-huh. yes um, but I think on the surface it was almost like weird for weird sake without being um, too weird okay you could fight you got you actually Got to know the characters, especially Patrick McGowan, yeah. And you were fond of him, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't always terribly nice. Mm-hmm. But um, but I quite like that bonding with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because there were so many other 
changes of characters and actors and things the rest of the series it was only him that you had to bond to it was but the whole pre uh, concept was him against the world mm-hmm. as it were what did it make did it make you think about your life or our modern like world not terribly much the whole joy of it was the escapism mm-hmm. and the fact it didn't make me think about my own life sorry no oh, okay but what in terms of just not not necessarily in terms of you against the system but just in terms of the way communities work, the way people interact with each other. No. Did you? Yes. What did you think? Uh, well, I think it's interesting that, that you know, the, the almost the demand on number six to conform, to give this society whatever information it wants. I mean, you know, the, the key D-D-D-O. information... The key information <laughs> is... Um, why he resigned and he doesn't want to tell them he's not left with that respect that option as a as a choice yeah. so how free is he mm-hmm. if he you know if he can't leave whatever job he did mm-hmm. and continue to live life how free is he how free are any of them in the village when, you know, the village is obviously not free. You can't get out. You can't get to the edge of it. Without you say, how free are we? Ch- yeah. If we really didn't want to conform with what was expected of us, yeah, would we be allowed to? Yeah, I mean, obviously there are no great big... I mean, in some places, there are fairly close equivalents to great big white weather balloons stopping you going anywhere. But what are the sort of invisible great big weather balloons that stop you going places? Probably the being shunned from society. Mm-hmm. And um, and not having people who are for you either scared of you or resent you or push back against you. Mm-hmm. And everyone needs companionship, which he doesn't really get. Yeah, does he need companionship? He doesn't seem to, but I'm sure... Certainly if I try and put myself in that position, that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking. But yeah, he seemed... In order to make his plans or to effectively stand against the village he does need other people but yet other people are both his means of escape and what's keeping him there yeah but he he doesn't need the company no no but even you know even more than that even within ourselves there are things that stop us doing what we might really want to do because it's often a fear of Mm -hmm. the shunning and the or, you know, being too far away from people who mm. support us. Mm-hmm. The people who support us also, people in another way, imprison us. Need people. Yes. And that's why we have to conform. And yeah. it's easier to just conform and pretend that we're happy about it. To get the people and mm-hmm. to not feel like they're keeping us there. Mm-hmm. Than to actually roll against it. Yeah. That's a bit depressing. A little bit. But then, equally, if you can find happiness in that community, then isn't that a good well, thing? Well, that, that was more the reflection on the um, the new prisoner, mm-hmm. was the expectations that you got everything you need. Why would you want anything more? Mm-hmm. Whereas that was the old prisoner didn't really... No one questioned why he wanted to leave the village as much. No one tried to convince him that just staying in the village was... 
hunky-dory. I, I, I agree with you. Well, it's not quite as overt, but they do say things like everything you would need was here. Mm. You know, everybody else is, seems content. But I, get, I get more the impression <clears throat> in the new one they were brainwashed, but in the old one I thought they were just actors, part of the, the whole setup. that they they left at the end of the day anyway, kind of thing. Is that, do you still you still feel that that was the case? I think there's certainly not all of them, but the sort of warden side of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. I see. How do do we live in the village in some ways in our lives? You know, are we basically given what will keep us docile? in order to work or provide information or provide something for a higher power to keep thing keep the people who are in power in power and not threatened and stop us getting any further. No. You don't think so? No. I don't think the people in power have that much security in their position. Have that much security? Mm. Like the governments can be... Uh-huh. Voted out next time round and all that kind of thing. Well, our government potentially can. Yeah, okay. I'm basically, you asked me. I did ask us, yes, yes, yes. I'm sure there there are probably people in in the world that feel like that. Mm -hmm. But aren't there aspects of our lives that are like that, even in a supposedly free society? We have to have money. We have to... You know, some people choose to be nomads and hippies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so why can't we be... Why why we just don't want to? So it's not external boundaries, it's internal desires. But have those internal desires been controlled by outside... If not controlled overtly, have they been controlled by outside forces? No, I think they come from within. Okay. So you think if you decided that you wanted to do something, anything, you could do it? Mm-hmm. Even if... What if... But then you make the choices that... You have to take along the people you want in your life and convince them to do it. Those are the real blockers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, exactly. That's not... That's just different people wanting different things. It's not society impressing me. It's I have a husband who wants different things to I want, so I can't tell him to pack up and move to Australia. Not that that's yeah. on my plans. No, but but that is the kind of thing that it's like you know you you get to a point where you have so much baggage is a is a bad word to use because it sounds as though it's it's pointless. But you have so much connection, you have so much community that it becomes a big thing to say, I could move to Australia. Yeah, but I don't see that as as boundaries or being trapped or anything. That's just the roots you've put down. Unless you, unless you then decided that actually you really, really wanted to do it. Well, that's why you always have to constantly assess what you really want at all stages in your life, so that you don't end up in a pickle. In a, in a pickle. <laughs> is, that, is, number, is number six sitting there going, I've ended up in a pickle? <laughs> I think he's thought that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Patrick McGowan, you didn't really know who he was before the start of this. No, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, he wrote and directed the quite a lot of them as well. And was I, have, I, I have enjoyed his work. Mm-hmm. Will you seek out more of his work? Probably not. No. Because th- that's the thing is, I've enjoyed this. Uh-huh. I'm likely to be disappointed if it, I'm disappointed if it 
his other work is too similar to this, and I'll be disappointed if it's too different. So let's just leave it there, shall we? <laughs> I've got what I want. The prisoner gives me what I want. Why do I need anything else? I know. I'm in. I'm in the village. <laughs> you are a bit in the village, aren't you? What has been? What have been your sort of the standout moments of this series for you? Ugh. When he escaped. And when he escaped. He went to London and then went back again. Many happy returns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe ask this again after the end of the last episode, so don't spend too long thinking about this. Just give me any observations that you have. I didn't like the ones that were like the Wild West and the all woke up and it was a dream kind of thing. Okay. Um... I like the one where he joined the council or whatever it was, because he was given a key in. He was given a key? Yeah, he had a wee token thing that he put in the machine, and then he was allowed in the room to be infiltrating as guy with top hat. Oh, he was, but he infiltrated that. He wasn't, he didn't join Yes, that's what I'm saying, so. Right. I like that one. These kind of things. Uh-huh. These are the things I like. Which ones did you like? Um... I like, uh, oh, you put me a bit on the spot and I hadn't really thought about myself which ones I like and which ones I don't like. I do quite like the Western one, Living in Harmony. I think it, it kind of gave you an idea of, you know, the same idea but in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also quite like the one when, um, Do Not Forsake Me Oh My Darling, when he, his mind was transferred into somebody else's body. He went to a camera shop and we had a long discussion about the camera shop. Patrick McGoon was barely in it. I think maybe we'd better talk about this out at the end of the I have no recollection of that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you will. I remember a camera shop, but I can't remember why mm. he. Yeah, okay. I also like the schizoid man when number two brings in the double. Oh, yes, no, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. No, I enjoyed that one. Yes, that's a good one. I, th- I think quality of episode is quite closely linked to quality of number two. So I like Leo McKenna. Oh, I've liked number them all. Two. Have you liked all the number twos? Oh, I've liked all the episodes. In, in the sense that, well, no, I haven't liked all the episodes. I've just uh-huh. said I didn't. But I wouldn't say any of, of poor quality. I just, some have got stories that capture my imagination more than others. Mm-hmm. But I would say probably the quality is quite consistent. Oh, I, I, I would kind of agree with that. Yeah, there's no... There's no really poor episodes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, there's no, I don't recall, you might mm-hmm. correct me, I don't remember sitting here thinking, saying to you, why did you make me watch that? Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. No. I've never said that, have I? No, I don't think so. Okay. But we've still one episode to go. Well, come on, let's get on with well, it. Well, before we do that, though, I want to ask, there's got to be some questions. Just, yes, just, to, just to keep everything straight. Yeah. What is your final theory? On the village. What did I say last time? Well, he was a spy above the law, wasn't he? That's what he said in Once Upon a Time, yes. Um, but number two said that he, if you get him, he will be better. So I think the idea is the people are trying to get him for a purpose. Either the other side or to do a certain job. Um, but in order to know whether he's suitable for that or they can trust him with that, they need to know why he resigned. 
Okay, so why he resigned is the first bit of information they're trying to get, and depending on what they answer, once they are satisfied they have the real answer to that, they then might try and get other things from him. Or, or give him something he'd be really happy with. You don't know, but they, they need to know that in order to be able to do the next level of whatever. Okay. Who runs the village? This side, the other side, a combination of both sides, a third side that we haven't thought about. Highly intelligent dogs. Creatures from outer space. I think this side. This side, as in the west? Yes. Right, okay. Um, who is number one? Thinking, thinking. A, a leader of the West. Okay, all right. Do you think, what, well, this is the last episode, what do you want to happen? Not necessarily it will be this, but I want to see this, I want to see that, I want to do no, no, this, I want to know that. I just want to know the answers to the questions you've just asked me. So you want to find out what the village is for, who runs it. Do you want to see number one? I I would be satisfied with just an explanation of, of who he is. And I think that should be tied into the why the whole thing's there. Okay. I think there is a pinnacle person of power. Do you want number six to escape? I don't want him to die. Okay. Um, he, I'd, I'd be happy with him either escaping or conforming. Oh. With whatever it is that they want him to do. I wasted a lot of energy if he just says, oh, if you just told me that at the beginning, I'd totally have told you why I resigned. <laughs> so, what, 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 what would be the, what would be a very disappointing ending for you? What do you think? I hope it's not. He woke up and it was all a dream. Okay. Um, I hope it's not unexplained. Mm-hmm. Totally unexplained or explained in a way that doesn't make sense or explained in a way that... No, my biggest fear is it's totally unexplained. Right. And something weird happens. It goes really psychobabble nonsense and then just stops. Okay. Well, are we ready then to watch? The last. The last episode of The Prisoner. Of The Prisoner. Okay. Do, do, do. <laughs> Join us on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. Now hear the word of the Lord. Now hear the word of the missus. Well, just as I said, I didn't want to happen. It went schizo bonkers and gave no explanation. Didn't it? Maybe not on the surface. You're not going to get me excited about this. Okay. Well, we just stop it now, then. No, I like to rant on for a bit. Okay, rant away, then. That was my rant. Oh, is that it? Well, You'd be no good at revolt. So... There was um, the whole, uh, they had a recap of the previous one. Yes, quite a lengthy recap. Yes, and then, you know, we under the impression they'd taken him to number one. Mm-hmm. And then he got into the schizo bonkers bit. Um, but in that 
room, there was a computer rocket eye thing that had one on it, so mm-hmm. you're allowed to believe that maybe it is just a computer at that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole... It squeaked, and the president seemed to understand what it was there. Yes, President Bird like, Guy. A bit like Sweep from Sooty and Sweep. Oh, do you think that's what the core of this is about? Well, if number one had been revealed to be Sweep, would it have been any less bonkers? <laughs> but the there was a sort of court jury thing happening where the, what do you call him, the president mm-hmm. um, was saying that basically number six had vindicated his right to be an individual, be an individual. by succeeding in the degree absolute and um, there will be a transfer of power. So this led you to believe he would be either number two now or number one mm-hmm. or something. Um, but in the meantime, they had... Um, a couple of rebels to deal with, the first being a young person mm-hmm. uh, who would not conform to being a number. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously, well, I, that was a reflection on the way society was going in those days with the young growing their hair and... Wanting to like, drop out. Like rock and roll. And there was a lot of tension there, wasn't mm-hmm. there, in, in society, and that they had to find a way to... Why were these children not conforming? Yes, exactly. As they had done. Exactly. So I thought, well, maybe that's what it's all about. And that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then the second uh, revolutionary was number two, who had died. I didn't quite get the crossover from why he had been revolutionary, but he was meant to represent the mature, established person who then revolts and bites the hand that's fed him. Fed mm-hmm. him. So I'm wondering whether that was the... the people already established in society who saw the young do what they wanted to do and did it too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just decided that the way society was going wasn't the right way yeah. and that there should be different ways. Um, and then I thought, um, because it, they, they were telling number six that he was great and he was the best one and we, he, they wanted him to lead them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had the option of leaving. Here's your travels checks. Here's your passport. Here's your money. Mm-hmm. But I think he was too desperate to see who number one was by that point. But he still took the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he tried to address the court, they wouldn't let him speak. Because <laughs> that can be quite annoying, can't it? I mean, number six is obviously annoying. What do you think they were trying to say there? When you get in power, nobody listens to you anyway. I think, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think what they were saying was they wanted him to lead them, but they didn't really want to listen to him. Mm. Um, But what I thought at that point, that maybe they were leading him into feeling that he, he was actually now in charge... Mm-hmm. And give him a sense of power mm-hmm. in order for him to conform. Yes. Because some people do get promoted in order to stop the noise that they get mm-hmm. they're creating and stuff like that. It's a thing people say about chess is that the kings are really only pawns. Mm. And they don't even do quite so much as pawns. They're actually the weakest bit of the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was why what I was thinking. Uh, but then it went a bit, it's so bad again. And 
he was taken to see number one, which was just either a monkey or himself or something, and then he, at that point, he decided to revolt and try and escape. Um, interestingly, with the help of the butler. So the yes. alliance the butler had made with him somehow, maybe by being in that room for a week, um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, had, was stronger than, than what was going on. Um, so the butler was helping, and then obviously the two other rebels mm-hmm. ended up helping, and there was a big fight, fist fight, gunfight. Mm-hmm. Even though there's only a few of them, and they they still managed to kill all the millions of security guards in a true. They didn't kill them all. They killed enough of them to make escape. the president evacuate yes. the building and so evacuate all... the village because they'd also set off the rocket. Yes, so they're evacu- evacuating the village, which made you realise there's a million helicopters at that village. <laughs> yeah. So I still stand by that they're all shipped in, shipped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so the number. Number six seemed to know how to um, control the control room that controlled the rocket, which was number one or whatever that was. Um, well, if he was number one, he would know how to control it, wouldn't he? Why? Because he had been controlling it as number one. Who? Number six. Are you trying to tell me that number six was number one all along? Well... When number one was revealed, he was number six. Takes time, that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the rocket, whatever it was, was revealed, uh, was shooting up in the air, which made the rovers go back into themselves, mm-hmm. which made me think it was maybe an alien thing, and he was an alien rocket thing. And, oh. And these rovers were Number one alien. died on his way back to his home planet. Yeah, which would have infuriated me. <laughs> See, at least you have infuriated more than I am now. And then they got away in the big caravan jail thing mm-hmm. and uh, the young man went hitchhiking. Yeah, X number two went into parliament. Yes, they get, I've missed out X number two had a wee speech about being in power and that's why he had been abducted and put in this place mm-hmm. but he conformed too readily mm-hmm. probably because he did respond to the offer of power. Um, to me, and and apparently, he, when he went to the Houses of Parliament, he actually went in the peers' entrance. Oh, is that something I wouldn't have known that? But is that something um, that I thought I to? I must have read that somewhere because I thought there was a sign that you saw uh, that he was going in the peers' entrance. But that's it. Um, to be, just to make him even more establishment. Yes, be a member of the House of Lords. Um, and then number six went back to his own house with no further explanation of what the hell that was all about. Well, okay. But then his house did open with a village mm-hmm. door. So is this like, it's never gone. And what was the very last thing that we saw? I can't remember. Oh. What, the butler going in? No, after that, we saw him driving from a long distance towards the camera. Just like the very beginning. Oh, I just thought that was a back of the credits. Well, it yeah. kind of was. I sense you're not, uh, you've not been impressed by Fallout. No. Are you impressed even by the fact that this is the most bonkers 50 minutes of television 
ever put on British Yeah, there's loads of this kind of shit going around. It's not even unique. <laughs> I think it might have been in 1967. When did Clockwork Orange come out? 1971. And it's never been, well, it's only been on TV since 2000 odd. Mm. This is, was Adventure Story of the Week. And then at the end of it, everyone was waiting to find out what was the village, who was number one, and this is what they got. And they'll be as pissed off as I was. Somewhere. McGowan reckoned he had to go into hiding because <laughs> people were going to lynch him. Well, it's a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? Well, but would, would, any, would any explanation have been satisfactory? Yes, lots of them. The ones that you thought up? Well, any... But can't you put your explanation onto this and say, my, I was right because this is no, this and I that? No, I wanted that. there to be a definite explanation that I didn't have to fill in any gaps. Oh, that's not what Patrick McGowan wanted. I know, well, fuck him. <laughs> I should just end it right there. I should just cut the podcast right there. You've got shit to say. Go on. No, I don't have to say anything. I just think you, your break, that noddle of yours must be must have more in it about this than that. No, That's the easy way out to say it was just a whole lot of rubbish. So have you wasted your time? Yeah. Tonight and all the previous times? No, I enjoyed the series. Right. So that wasn't a waste. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't satisfied. Okay. Are you ever satisfied? Do you want to go down that route? (laughs) Probably not. So, <laughs> will I go through other things? What did you think of? Just to pick one thing from my uh, from my list here. Um, I can't even remember what I've written now. What did you think of the, uh, the the sort of jurors? I'm not really sure what they were meant to be with their white robes and their black and white faces. Well, there's a bit Klee Klux Klan about them. And there's a bit... Freaky, weird, mashed up, black and white faces about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're meant to be sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, in much way, what's that um, anarchy masky guy that you get these days? Oh, the Guy Fox mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. That kind of idea. Um, but what was interesting was the... the they're name tags. Name tags. Youngsters, um, educationalists, defectors, internationalists, pacifists, entertainment, reactionaries, recreation, activists, rehabilitation, committee, identification, and others. But some, you felt, were in the good camp, some were in the bad camp of that list. Mm-hmm. So, what was all about that, that about? Showing that, was it not a, a wide variety of sociological points of view? Educationalists, they yeah. are social, they're just different types of society, people in society. Yeah, or ways that society should be led or governed. Yeah, yeah okay, maybe. I thought that's what that was about. But they're all like agreeing in unison, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were. Well, but maybe that was the point. All these things that, all these, following all these leaders, it's all the same. You have to be an individual. No, I don't get what you're trying to say. You're not thinking that? Well, as you said, I'm not getting what you're trying to say, though. Well, you're, but you said they all just did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anarchists and pacifists and defectors and youngsters, they all think they're different, but they're actually all the same. 
Oh, I see. That's what I was saying something else. No, what did you think I was saying? Just something else. Rubbish. All right, okay. Oh, so it wasn't rubbish. That's good. Um, what did you think? I think it's brilliant. Are you upset that I don't? Uh, not really, because I I knew you I knew it. I knew there was at least a fifty percent chance that that would be your reaction to it. Um, I wonder if I mean this is part of the issue with doing a podcast as we do it. You know, it's literally been minutes since you saw it. I wonder if it was given time to percolate in your brain. I'm never going to think of this again. <laughs> I know some people are like that. <laughs> Makes you sad. Well, it does because again, there's so many interesting things in there. Like what? Like, uh, well, what I thought was getting, it's, it's almost as if this has been a a rite of passage for him, I and mean, you can see it as sort of a. a an allegory for a person's life that you have to go through some experiences. To, you don't understand them at the time, yeah, or to, even afterwards, and you but might, they get and you, you where you are, and you don't enjoy them. And they seem to be stopping you doing what you want to do, but it brings you to the point of being the person that you are. Yeah, that's, that's not a nice. No, but it's but it, but it it could be a truth. Hmm. Um, and the. the the bit when he was being shouted over and clapped over, it was as if you uh, you can't be individual. You can't be understood by anybody else. You can only be understood by yourself. Others don't want to know who you are. You've got to find that out. These are all things that make me sad. Well, maybe things, maybe life is sad. Yeah, you're a bit of a sad sack, aren't you? Not sad, sad. It's not about being sad. It's about he escaped, or did he? You notice at the end, he was Alexis Canner and he was Leo McCann and he was Angelo Muscat, but he was prisoner. Even when he was out, he was a prisoner. The door opened automatically. The butler now served him. Did they evacuate the village? So the village, they evacuated the village. So the village went out into society. And it's now spread to other societies. There's a member of the village in the House of Lords. Even when you pick up a hitchhiker, they're from the village. That is quite sad, I have to say. That is quite a depressing thing. So do you have, do you, do you think your theory, could you bear your theory out? I don't want to. Okay. It, it, it stopped engaging me. Mm-hmm. And therefore I'm not going to, Try and make something fit. Okay. Sorry. All right. Have you anything positive to say about uh, the prisoner now? I thought the reflection of rebels in society and society changing as it would have done in the 60s was quite an interesting point that hadn't been realised before this episode. Mm-hmm. That is my only take, positive take on this. Okay. You didn't enjoy the juxtaposition of a machine gun fight and all you need is love. No. No. I noticed, another thing I, one other thing I noticed was that, um, Alexis Kanner mimed along quite badly to a recording of Dem Bones in a slightly Dennis Potterish kind of way before Dennis Potter started to do that kind of thing. Was that just to create a bit more freaky weirdness? Possibly. Right. 
it was almost as if they record also it was almost as if they recorded his lines and then played them back and he didn't quite mind yeah, them I know what you mean, actually. which I thought was again was kind of well, a bit disorientating yeah. life is disorientating though sometimes isn't it certainly when you watch this stuff yeah but even in real life the TV isn't just a box to sit in the corner and entertain you much as you might like it to be it should challenge you yeah, but it needs to engage me to challenge me. Well, it engaged you for 16 weeks. That's true. And then it threw you a curveball. No, it went there. It went there. I'm going to secretly record all our conversations from now on, so that when you say anything about... It's like that last episode of The Prisoner, when blah, blah, and you go, aha, and stitch together a little podcast and then play it to you to show that it was effective. Do you think that will happen? I will never mention it again. I will not let you speak about it again. I think that's what you think. Have you enjoyed doing it? Yeah, of course I have. Okay. Shall we do another podcast? (laughs) We are doing another podcast. Yeah, unfortunately there's not quite so much crazy bonker stuff goes on uh, in that one. I so wish you could enjoy Crazy Bonkers stuff a little bit more for yeah. the sake of Crazy Bonkersness. Yeah, well, I'm not a crazy... Well, see, saying that, I am a Crazy Bonkers person. I know, you would love to be dancing on the back of a flatbed truck to Den Bones driving down a motorway going at 30 miles an hour in the, in the fast lane. But I don't need to see hidden meaning in it. Just to see other people enjoying themselves. That was quite fun. Okay. Um, that was a good thing. But I do, uh, I just, I think I always deep down knew it's likely to end like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not satisfying. Especially as you made me reflect on what ha- what I thought and what I wanted it to end like. And that just set me up for a, a fall. But I think your theory, I, I think your theory fits, would fit perfectly with what happened there. What theory? Your theory about it being run by one side or the other or by both or by somebody else to help anybody. For but it wasn't confirmed. It wasn't, but nothing was confirmed. I know, that's why it's unsatisfactory. I want to be right and I want to be seen to be right. Exactly. You want others to follow you and it, be a leader. It Recognition of my opinion and me being right is a key part of me being right. Well, I think Patrick McGoon would say you were right. Because he said everybody was right. It's for what it's what you take out of it. And if you want it to be right, then that's what it is. No. I want to be filed, briefed, stamped, debriefed, indexed, and numbered, and the number to be top of the class, ten out of ten. I'm a scientist. I want there to be one right answer. Ah, what do you think? Is is the prisoner? The ultimate test of the artistic temperament versus the scientific temperament. Maybe. Some of us did proper degrees. <laughs> Do you mean me? I mean me. Uh, I don't think so. I think anybody could have memorised all the answers and done your degree. I had to do crazy bonker stuff like uh, the prisoner. Or rather, if I had done crazy bonker stuff like the prisoner, I'd got a far better degree than I got. <laughs> Uh, well, I've enjoyed doing it with you. I've enjoyed listening to what you think about it all the way through. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, you realise that they told you every week who number one was. 
Because what did they say at the start? Who is number one? You are number six. You are number six. Mm. See? So is that is that the theory that number six was number one? Well, clearly number one was Taylor Patrick McGowan, so... You mean the crazy monkey face guy? Yeah, but when they took the monkey face off, it was Patrick McGowan. I think, I mean, there's obviously there's theories about it being, you know, number six's ego, which is why number one doesn't really escape, or doesn't really leave, he just goes up further up the rocket. They don't kill number one. It's making no sense now. <laughs> but is there a consensus? No. In, in, in the fandom? I don't think so. I hope not. So our, our listeners can write in with their theories. They could if they wanted to, or they could, you know, start their own podcast and do their own theories. But if they did want to write in, how would they write in? <laughs> please, please finish this. Please stop it now. Well, if you have <laughs> anything to say about the ending of The Prisoner, even if it's like Fiona that it's just rubbish and has, you know, has not engaged you in any way, shape or form, uh, you can do so by writing to us. Uh, prisonerpodcast at gmail.com is our email address. And at PrisonerPod on Twitter is our uh, Twitter handle. Um, Fiona will be handling all uh, responses uh, in relation to this. Um, so I so don't even know free. how to log in for it. <laughs> don't worry, I'll show you all that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, it has been enjoyable. It's been a very interesting ride. I've enjoyed doing it with you. I've enjoyed doing it with you. We're trying and again, making it sound like you mean it. <laughs> I've enjoyed doing it with you. I've enjoyed doing it with you. Hmm, probably worse the second time. I'll keep the first one in. Uh, thank you very much for coming along with us on this ride, dear listener. And uh, keep an ear out for any new projects that we might uh, that we might uh, launch and um, uh, advertise to you on this uh, podcast feed. Uh, but uh, I think all that remains to be said is uh, join us the next time. There won't be. There won't be a next time. Bye. The village has been Have a nice life. <laughs> Bye. There's nothing you can do that can't be done There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung Nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game It's easy All you need is love All you need is love All you need is love Nothing you can know that isn't known Nothing you can see that isn't shown Know where you can be that isn't where you're meant to be
What? Right, you're still recording. Mm-hmm.